Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 18th, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by Lockdown NHL. You need more hockey news, and Lockdown NHL is here to fill the gap. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories uh, that are happening around the league. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL today, wherever you get your podcast. Do us a favor. Subscribe to Lockdown Red Wings as well. Uh, that's the only way to make sure you never miss an episode. We go three episodes a week. We are running a little bit late on the schedule this week. It, it is Wednesday. Uh, so apologies in advance for that. We'll have two more episodes out this week, tomorrow and Friday as well. Uh, but we got to talk about some things, Scotty. Not too many uh, important issues going on in, in hockey or in Red Wings land uh, over this last couple of weeks. Jacob Verana. Resigned with the Red Wings. We talked on, uh, we touched on that contract on Friday's show. And Adam Ernie, uh, he also resigned with the Red Wings, two point one million dollars for two years. Uh, I think some people were a little bit surprised by the number, uh, but I'm not necessarily. I mean, he ca- it came off a career year. Uh, I don't know overall overall thoughts. I don't know that it's sustainable, but I, I think there is something to Adam Ernie that uh, he showed last year. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's probably not sustainable, but, like, who cares? Uh, as far as, like, the number, like, I'm, I'm sure it's it's probably a little higher than people expected, but it's it's still not, like, you know, high. <laughs> I mean, he's getting paid, what, a, a, a mil a year. I mean, that's that's certainly not, uh, like, a like a cap-breaking deal. So, like, yeah, sure, and, and it's it's great, uh, great forward depth, and um, – yeah, I mean, he can be a solid, as we'll talk about later in the show, he'll be a solid, you know, third or fourth line staple for the next two years. And I'm totally fine with that after the year he just put up. So on this show, like you just alluded to, we are going to try and predict what the Red Wings opening night roster will look like in 2021. We'll get to all that uh, and we'll, we'll start all that in segment two. But this kind of came up because there was a tweet going around uh, from Cap Friendly, they did in out of the off season, uh, and for the Red Wings, the out is significantly more uh, has has is a lot longer than the end section. So it's going to be one of those those seasons where you do start to see a lot of guys uh, come up and start grabbing those bottom six spots, and and we'll kind of go over who some of the key players are going to be uh, in the mix there. But first, I just wanted to go over this list because it is pretty. Interesting. So we'll start with uh, out uh, among the forward group. We have Fel Terry Fopula, Richard Ponick, Darren Helm, Luke Lindenning, Bobby Ryan, Matthias Brome, and Evgeny Sveshnikov. Anybody from that group that immediately makes your heart break? Um, I mean, like from a hockey sense, no. I mean, like, uh, you know, I love Bobby Ryan, the person, but like, uh, you know, and and it would have been cool. I mean, we talked about it in, you know, a a month ago or so we talked about him, you know, potentially coming back and what that could mean. So like, you know, I'll always love Bobby Ryan, but uh, we're still very much in the, in clearly 
in the turnover part of this rebuild where there's going to be a lot of people coming in and out. We're going to be experimenting with a lot of names until we find a, a, a set of comp- a competitive roster, a set of guys that's going to be competitive. So like a, from a hockey sense, no, not, not really. Almost looking at this list, like you get a bit of a sense of relief. Like you, it's just like you're scrubbing the dirt off, you know, and, yeah, and you, when sure. you're washing your hands and you're starting to see all the dirt, like in the soapy water, like heading out, that's to me, like what this, what this For list sure. is on the defensive end. We have Dennis Chalowski, Alex Biega and Christian juice, Dennis Chalowski and, and Christian juice, two guys who were kind of similar. And uh, frankly, you got the sense that they were going to kind of let juice walk, not just because of his, you know, poor performance down the stretch. Like he, he, he looked like something promising to start. You were hoping that he could kind of continue that and be a focal point of a struggling power play. And unfortunately, that was not in the cards for him. I was kind of – if you would have told me, like, after his, you know, first couple of weeks of the season that he would not be in this team's future plans, I don't know if I would be surprised, but I'd be like, oh, okay. You yeah. Know, like, I, it would be – I guess surprised is the word, but uh, by the end of it, I mean, definitely, definitely far from a surprise. For sure. Yeah. The, the, he had that, like that moment in the sun where like, you know, a a week or two into the season, he had that crazy uh, move that, that led to a, I think he took the lead in like the set later in the second with that crazy, I don't even remember who we were playing. Yeah. It was like a pump fake or. Yeah. 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 And, and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, like offensive defenseman, like look at him. He's, he's going to be cool. And, but at the end of the day, like he, he got waved from a bad team. Like, yeah. like, like he, we got him on waivers from a team that from was horrible. Right. The Ducks from are the atrocious. Ducks. <laughs> so like, di- like a- anything we got out of him would have been extra credit. Like that's, you know, it's, it's not, not. He, he also yeah. ended the, the, the power play drought. Uh, yes, like he did. That's true. Something like he that. Did. Uh, so shout out Christian juice. We'll always have those memories. And then on the goaltending end, Jonathan Bernier, the only departure. Uh, I am sad about this, not from an on ice standpoint. Like the, the Red Wings are going to be fine. They got Alex Nedeljkovic. I think you can honestly, genuinely look at their goalie situation and say it's better on opening night this year than it is a year ago, if not for the uh, long term potential long-term stability that you can get out of Alex Nedeljkovic. Like with Thomas Grice and Jonathan Bernier, it was more of, can these old guys keep these young, terrible hockey players in the game? And uh, as fun as it is to, you know, see Jonathan Bernier go on a roll and, and see Jonathan Bernier steal hockey games. I don't know that it's going to be as exciting as it will be if Alex Nedeljkovic is stealing hockey games for this Red Wings team, because Alex Nedeljkovic is clearly, clearly, uh, has the ability to be part of this team's future and, and potentially be this team starting goalie when, when they start to go on their, you know, playoff runs, everybody kind of does Sebastian Costa penciled in there. And maybe that's the case. Maybe they go uh, side by side for the first couple of years, but uh, Alex and just even, even if he doesn't live up to, to the standard of a year ago or, or live up to the standard of Jonathan Bernier, I still feel better about uh, the future just by him being in there. So uh, yeah, for sure. It, it makes it just from a pure viewer's perspective, it makes it insurmountably more exciting to have someone out there almost every night that you can, is actually part of the future plans of the team and not mm-hmm. like a, you know, like a bandaid for a year. And, uh, and, and so just from a, a pure viewership perspective, you, you already have that, but then 
Yeah, I mean, from from a skills and in hockey sense too. I mean, this is uh, he has the potential to be the the best goalie we've had here for a minute, um, and that's that's paired along with his age and stuff. Like that's really exciting. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's honestly one of the things I'm looking forward to most, uh, if not the most, going into the season. All right, and then uh, on the inside, we got five names uh, up front. We got Pew Suter and Mitchell Stevens. On um, the defensive end, Nick Letty and Jordan Osterley. And then a goaltender, we just mentioned him, Alex Nadelkovich. Uh, rank these acquisitions one through five. Ooh. I'm going to go Nadelkovich one, Pew Suter two, Nick Letty three, Mitchell Stevens four, Jordan Osterley five. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's probably that's probably like consensus. That's probably fair. I really like the Letty move. I really like all of them, I guess. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, that, that's probably fair. I mean, there, there, this is when you look at when you look at the the like you said, just like the the names going out versus the names coming in. I mean, it's hard not to get a little pumped. Like it's very clearly the names coming in are very clearly better fits than than the names going out like like very clearly so that's yeah it's exciting all right well let's start digging into uh maybe some of these line projections and getting into what the lineup is going to look like after we talk to the folks about betonline.ag betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at betonline get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and all of your ufc MMA action. Scott, I was uh, I, I did a piece for playmichigan.com last week looking at the five most intriguing futures bets uh, heading into the season. So go check that out because uh, there's a lot of a lot of teams out there um, you know who who have really interesting odds heading into this next season. The Washington Capitals being one of them. Uh, you can get them at 30 to 1 uh, on some places. Before the next pitch, before the next puck drop, head on over to bet online or a laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Please don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Football is starting in a matter of weeks, and you don't want to be uh, watching the game from the state. You want to be in the game as 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 the uh, pig snap is flying around the gridiron there. So head, a, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And we also got to talk to you about Stat Hero. Do you know that 85% of people who play in daily fantasy sports lose? That's an absurd statistic. It is, is it really that surprising, though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, and not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance, pal. I, I, I got to break it to you. Until... Stat Hero. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. They say, Come on, come on, throw a punch. Throw, give me a best shot, kid. It's you versus the house. It's a head to head fantasy matchup for the ages. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. Nobody else does that. I Personally, Scotty, my daily fantasy experience hasn't been great. I'm a complete uh, dodo bird. And, and and I just look at these uh, my lineups and, and I think that I got it under control. But the fact of the matter is I don't. 
until yeah stat hero. I, honestly same stat hero uh it's a lot of fun man for real like it's it's a ton of fun and uh yeah the whole like seeing the lineup beforehand makes you makes you feel a lot smarter when you win. <laughs> there's a little, little inside info it's like getting the scouting report for a baseball game like hey this guy likes to throw cutters up and up and in with two strikes you know it, it's nice to know what you're going up against. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving 300%. That can't be right. 300%. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. There's an old man sitting next to me. Make love to his tonic and gin. <laughs> All right, segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Do us a favor. If you have positive feedback, just leave us a review. It's the only way to, to help us grow. Uh, tell a friend, tell somebody, hey, whatever. As long as they're a Red Wings fan, you think they'll enjoy it. Uh, we're going to start digging into what this roster might look like on opening night with Adam Ernie coming back, with Jacob Verona coming back. A lot of the unknowns of this offseason are, are, are pretty much out the window. Like, I think we can assume Philip Veronica is coming back. Uh, just, you know, depends on, on what kind of deal. The thing that makes this offseason different is that there are quite a few kids who can expect it to be banging on the door by the time the training camp rolls around. And I would say for the most part, they have their two top forward lines figured out. So let's go through them right now. Personally, my top line, I got Jacob Ron on the left wing, Dylan Larkin up the middle, and Philip Sedina on the right wing. Uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how this, this top six ends up being moved around, but I would have a hard time seeing any situation where, you know, Philip Sedina falls out of the top six or, or whatever. But Jeff Blaschel does like to uh, mix up the lines. But then on second line, I got Tyler Bertuzzi, Pew Suter up the middle, and then Robbie Fabry on right wing. We're bringing back that Guelph uh line from all those years back those are the top six i i don't see those really changing i don't i don't see anybody sneaking up to to steal one of those spots i don't see one of those guys playing bad enough to warrant you know moving them down the lineup uh what are your thoughts on that yeah i think there's a really clear top six it's just a matter of uh the only uh like questionable one that i had going into this was bert uh and and whether he might go back to line one or not. Uh, but besides that, like the, if you're just talking the group of, of the top six, it's honestly, it, there's, there's a pretty sizable drop off after the sixth name on this, on this forwards list. So yeah, I, I think it's a very, very clear top six. It's just a matter of, for me, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know whose spot he would take, but I don't think that Burr playing, playing uh, first line is, is out of the question. No, yeah, definitely. And like I said, that that might be even something that rotates on like a game-to-game basis. We saw sure. that last yeah, year. Yeah, Blashill loves um, that. So <laughs> lines get put in a blender. But I do yes. think that with this, these like two lines being as is, as I kind of pitch them, you do have the uh noted, you know, chemistry of of those guys from down in Guelph, Bertuzzi, Suter, and Fabry. Maybe they can reignite some magic there. Bertuzzi and Fabry have already kind of you know proven themselves. And these last couple of years as, as guys that can make a real difference. And uh, you, you just hope Pew Suter fits along with them. Cause I like Jacob Verona and Philip Zadina on the top line with that check connection. And they also bring like between those two and Dylan Larkin. Like, I think that is a very, very 
good top line in terms of like a good blend. Like Dylan Larkin can kind of be the the defender there. He can make those passes. Phillips Adina has developed his two-way game immensely. And then you got Jacob Verona, who is one of the best five-on-five scorers on the planet. Uh, not great on the defensive end, but having somebody like Larkin and, and like Sedina, who did turn up the defense uh, last season, I, I think will certainly help not necessarily hide those deficiencies, but at least make up for them a, a little bit. For sure. Yeah. I, I actually think that that is, that is, um, that line could be one of the most, uh, like f- as far as efficiency or effectiveness, I think that could be a top half of the league line. Like I really do think that that could be like a, like a mid teens, uh, ranked line in, in the NHL. And, and I don't think, switching Burt out with one of those two wings changes that either. So I, I, I feel pretty, pretty good given the state of the team about, about the first line. Yeah. And I think a lot of that hinges on Phillips Adina is that success of that top line. Will sure. he take another step forward next year? Now, once we get into the bottom six, I think this is where things kind of start to get interesting. I have Michael Rasmussen at third line center. Yeah. I have Nemestikov at third line right wing, but everybody else I, I kind of left open. So we're missing two left wings, a center and a right wing, or essentially three wingers in a center. We For have sure. from this group to fill out the left wings, Giovanni or to fill out the wingers, Giovanni Smith, Jonathan Bergeron, Adam Ernie, Lucas Raymond, and Sam Gagne in some form. I think you can assume that Sam Gagne will take one of those winger spots because you don't bring a guy back like Sam Gagne to bench him. Uh, I would assume that he would probably go try and find a different setting situation scenario if the plan was to to not have him in the lineup. So let us move him into one of these winger positions if you're cool with that. I, I'm confident he'll be at the beginning of the season, at least he'll be third line winger. Yeah, I'm, I, I think that third line is Rasmussen at center, Nemestikov and Gagne on the wins. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Now we have three more spots available. And this is, this is where things kind of get interesting because Franz Nielsen, I would, I would assume that Franz Nielsen is going to be a scratch on opening night. So let's put him over here. Uh, Joe Valeno, I think is, I I don't know what, the thing that I don't know that I think is tripping me up throughout all of this is whether or not Joe Valeno has a better shot to make the roster than Bergeron and Raymond. Mm -hmm. And if he does, is it only because of, the position he plays because the Red Wings right. are kind of thin at center. It's going to come down to, to Mitchell Stevens, Joe Valeno and Franz Nielsen as fourth line center. And that's For not sure. the, the, the greatest competition in the world. No, it's not, but that is, it's going to be one of those three guys. <laughs> it is going to be one of those three guys. I, I really liked what I saw out of Valeno last year. And I just think because of the way that he's started to, develop uh what he showed when he came over here in those seven games at the end of the year i'm gonna go ahead and and put him in there because i think that mitchell stevens and that signing was kind of in a way to get joe valeno going a little bit put a little bit of pressure on joe valeno to make the lineup steve eisman talked about it in his end of your press conference he doesn't want to be given spots away he wants to make sure that guys are are flat out earning them and uh joe valeno is certainly going to have to do that now Adam Ernie, I think, is is certainly in this lineup as well, which yep. means that now we have Giovanni Smith, Jonathan Bergeron, and Lucas Raymond in competition for those last three forward spots. Here's where I think it could last get last one forward. Last, yes, last one forward spot. 
here's where I think it getting could get interesting. Vlad Domestikov, I like him. I want good things for him, but I think he can get played out of the lineup. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be a scratch, whether it be he ends up getting put through waivers later on in the year, I don't know what the future holds for Vlad Domestikov, but I do think that the Red Wings don't plan on him being here long term. And so if he gets his spot taken, so be it. Yeah, I I, I think that's very plausible. Um, I I, I'm a big Giovanni Smith fan. I, I would love nothing more than that. That's like my dream scenario. Uh, but I also think um, if if Valeno gets four C, I I don't like. Uh, so here's my thing. Like I I think at, by the end of the season, Valeno might have like the most opportunities at fourth line center but like opening night I think it's probably going to be Stevens just because like they brought him in for a reason and I'm not sure they if they end up going with with Smith I don't think Raymond's opening night there if if if, I don't think they want Adam Ernie and then two like really young inexperienced dudes yeah, as, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe that's that's what fourth lines are for. I don't or know. Maybe or maybe you take Adam Ernie and you put him on the line with Rasmussen and Domestikov, and you move Sam Gagne to that fourth line where he can kind of mentor those kids. Maybe. maybe. And that's and that's where I think we might get over start overthinking it here is when we're putting together the lines for the third line and and making roster decisions based off well <laughs> this guy's already in the lineup because right. I in. I made a bold prediction a couple weeks ago and I'm sticking to it. I do think Lucas Raymond is making this team out of camp. I think, I think at least one of him and Bergeron are making this team out of camp. I don't know if Valeno does or not, but at the same time, <laughs> I have this contradictory feeling that he probably is the most likely out of those three to make the team on opening night. And so I think that's where, where the confusion uh, starts to to creep in for me because you don't want to remove Giovanni Smith from the opening night roster. I think it's time for him to get onto this opening night roster, but that would mean that my prediction of Lucas Raymond making the team out of camp is wrong unless Vlad Nemestikov is a scratch on opening night, which I you know I guess we could we we'll, we'll see or I don't know any number of people could be a scratch on opening night. To yeah, for real. But I, I honestly, I think that if anybody is going to, under the assumption that Franz Nielsen is already going to be scratched, um, <clears throat> I, I think it might be Vlad Nemestikov. All right, so I'm actually going to double back on something that I said earlier. I think Joe Valeno is going to miss the opening night roster because I think Lucas Raymond is going to make it. And I think if Lucas Raymond is going to make it, for me personally, I'm moving Sam Gagne probably to fourth line center because you kind of have to. Uh, let's see. Or Mitchell Steve. Like that, that's the thing with Mitchell Stevens, too, is he's on a one way deal. And so you can send Joe Valeno down. You can't send Mitchell Stevens down without putting him through waivers. So let's put him at fourth line center. Then you have that third line or that fourth line winger spot to fill with uh, Raymond Bergeron, Hiroshi or Smith. And you're still able to scratch a guy, another guy in addition to Franz Nielsen, depending on how many they scratch on the uh, defensive end. Um, 
Yeah, true. I yeah, this is where we differ because I didn't say that <laughs> Lucas Raymond was gonna make the team on opening night. So like that's I, I don't have him in the plans for for opening night uh Detroit Red Wings hockey. All right, so here's my here's my final roster. Oh shit. Okay. For the forward group, we're gonna go left wing, Jacob Verana, Tyler Bertuzzi, Sam Gagne, Adam Ernie. Up the middle, we're gonna have Dylan Larkin, Pew Suter, Michael Rasmussen, and Mitchell Stevens. And then on the right wing, we're gonna have Philip Sedina, Robbie Fabry, Vlad Domestikov, and Lucas Raymond with uh Franz Nielsen and uh we'll go Giovanni Smith on the outside looking in. Mm. Um I, I have on the first we night. have the exact same centers and we have the same top six. We have the same top eight. And then yeah, I'm just not gonna have Lucas Raymond. And I'm probably gonna have Giovanni Smith there instead of him. Fair enough. Um also don't hold us. I'm we're doing this on the fly. So if I incorrectly said how many guys are gonna get str- scratched, uh please don't tweet at me. <laughs> Doing this on the fly here, folks. All right, before we break down the defense, got to talk to the folks today about Built Bar. Did you know the Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that there's something for everybody? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. And if you don't know all the Built Bar, Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out, pal. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my favorite is? This week, it's the German chocolate. I like rich. I like chocolate. It's, I mean, it's the best of both worlds. When you're getting that, you wake up, try one down, you're ready to go. Start your day. Go for a run. I just bought a new bike last week. I'm excited to rip some built bars and go biking. Uh, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. It's actually the one that I recommend uh, because you get two of each of the nine flavors. Variety is the spice of life. Even if you don't have a favorite, that'll allow you to pick one. Or if you just, you know, like variety, it's a perfect box for you. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros on these bad boys. 17, 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from only 130 to 180. Only four grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. Go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Last kind of play in this period. All right, Scotty, segment three here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, looking at some lineup projections for the 2021 opening night. All of this, of course, is. Uh, ignoring the fact that some guys might not be healthy for opening night. So keep that in mind as well. I think that's something we should probably address. We don't know if Tyler Bertuzzi is going to be back. We don't know, you know, how Dylan Larkin is progressing. Two guys who had some, some serious spinal or neck or back injuries within the last couple of months. So uh, we should throw that out too. On the defensive end, this lefty is, is looking pretty rough uh, for your Detroit hockey Red Wings, as no Scotty Batley would say. Uh we got Nick Letty, first line D-man on the left side. Mark Stahl and Danny DeKaiser. Yep. On the right side, we have Moritz Sider, reason to be excited. Philip Peronic, reason to be excited. And Troy Stetcher, a reason to be excited. Now, that leaves Gustav Lindstrom out of the mix. I don't know that that's going to be 
the case. He 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 plays right D, but I don't really see him coming out for any of these right shot D men. Uh, I think if he does come out or, or when he does jump back in the lineup, it'll probably be somewhere on that left side. I'll be hard pressed to find Mark Stahl and Danny DeKaiser starting on the left side of the defense uh, night one. Like that doesn't really, I don't really see a benefit to that. Like if, if you're going to remove one of these guys, the, the position wise, like Troy Stetcher makes it, he would be the first guy out to replace Gustav Lindstrom on the right side, but then you don't have Troy Stetcher in, and that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And if you keep Gustav Lindstrom out, that doesn't make a lot of sense either. So I think one of Mark Stoller, Danny DeKaiser will probably not be in the lineup on, on the first night. Yeah. I kind of expect Liddy to play like the, like the super utility role and this defense, like whoever's getting a night off or whoever's hurt or whoever is, is, Whatever Sorry, is just who? gonna get is gonna get plugged by Lidstrom. What? I, <laughs> I, I did you call him by a nickname? Liddy Lidstrom. Yeah. Liddy. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were is talking about Liddy. I mean, it's pretty. Close oh, to oh, Liddy. Sorry. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, so I was like, um, <laughs> yeah, Lidstrom. Uh, he. I feel. I just feel like the that that is kind because, like you said, there, there's. Uh, He's not going to play every night on the right side. That's just not happening uh, with the people ahead of him. And even though he's slated as a – like, yeah, man, the left is is brutal. I mean, that's – that's. I also, that's like, don't tough. have a lot of confidence that both of Mark Stahl and Danny Kaiser are going to be healthy. Like, not only are they not, right. not wanting those guys necessarily on, you know, to, to get top four minutes, but I don't know if either of those guys are going to be healthy. So, yeah, that's something I to think, think about as well. For sure. I, I think it might be a weird thing where like on the depth chart, he might not have like a like a set spot, but he's going to end up playing just as much as the rest of these guys. Just because, like I said, he'll just be like the, the plug and play kind of revolving door kind of a player on this on this defense, because I, I think I can't imagine. This team is going to like too terribly often going to have the left side be DeKaiser, Letty, and Stahl, like, on a consistent basis. I can't imagine that that's, like, the nightly plan going into the year. I'm curious to see, like, what – because if you're assuming that Nick Letty and Moritz Sider are going to be playing together, which I think is fair, mm-hmm. then, I mean, just, like, trying to, to match these guys up style-wise. Like, I don't anticipate Jordan Osterle being in the lineup, uh, yeah. a regular in the lineup at all. But – um it'll be interesting to see like how they try and complement these defense pairings because I mean, like Troy Stetcher, Phil Peronic, if they played together, you don't really want two undersized guys who, for sure, you know, kind of are, are your better skaters on the defensive end, both playing on that same line, especially if you got a pigeonhole Stetcher to, to move them over, move Peronic over. Um, so I don't, I don't know how that'll work. I don't ever see Mark Stahl and Danny DeKaiser playing on the same line, but at the same time, I think like Lindstrom makes a lot of sense with Stetcher. I think Stahl makes a lot of sense with Hironic, but do you want Stahl getting top four minutes? And I think that's kind of an issue that the Red Wings are going to run into to where they're simply going to have to have not good defensemen playing more minutes than I think they probably would have liked. Although I'd also don't want this to come down as Mark Stahl slander, because as much as we have slandered him over the last year, 
if it was a choice between him or Danny DeKaiser, I'm literally ringing the bell so hard for Marcel, my hand will fall off. Right. And I, I think that sitting down and doing and doing this and going through like how you would set up your lines, you see blatantly why Stahl was brought back. Like mm-hmm. even even if, you know, he's not the, not not the greatest defenseman in the world, certainly, but uh, you very clearly see why he was brought back after trying to sit down and, and, and make three defensive lines and uh, especially on the left side. Uh, and then last one at goaltending, I got number one, Calvin Picard. Number two, I'm just kidding. Uh, Thomas Grice and Alex and Delkovich. I don't really know that there's like, I would assume that they're going to come out and be like, Grice is our starter. I, I don't know. Do you think they'll name Grice as the starter because he's, will he be the Jonathan Bernier of a year ago? Like where he's, he's not the starter, but he kind of technically is a starter. Do you think Nadelkovich will kind of come in and be that guy off jump? Who gets to start no, I, night one? I think Nadelkovich does. I think so too. I, and I think like, I, I don't think there will be like, uh, oh, we're going to like 50-50 them kind of. I think it, even even if they are close to 50-50 at the beginning of the year playing time-wise, I, I think it'll be pretty clear that Nadalkovich is the starter. There we go. Uh, I'm actually in complete agreement with you. Um, are we going to opening night? Are, are we? I feel I feel like we have to. I mean, we can. I don't. This is, not, this is the first time discussing it. I don't want you to think that you know. We have a discussion <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I'm down. Yeah, I think it's October 14th or something like that. It's a Thursday, so I think we gotta. I think yeah, we definitely got got to do it. I don't. Yeah. I, for, for cultural purposes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For content. For content. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, babe. It's for content. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anything else before we uh, head out another week? Hope this was a uh, good episode for you guys. Uh, I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I, I was. Uh, I, I like episodes like this, too. Mm. Um, we will be back tomorrow. I'm not sure uh, who we're going to have. We're still working on the, the Pancakes and Prospects YouTube thing. Apologies for the lateness on that. It is going to go up. Uh, that is my promise to you within the next seven days. So this time next Tuesday, it will be up. I promise. Uh, it's a whole thing. Um, anything else, Scotty, before we uh, depart? So, is Maggie going to hit 500 tonight? Scott and I will both be at Comerica Park. I feel like, you know, it would be really like, you know, I'm going to Tuesday night's games. Like, obviously it'd be cool if he did it while I was in attendance, but doing it off of Tani, man. That'd be pretty sick. That'd that, save it for Wednesday. That'd be pretty sick. But at the same time, I wonder how it'll be. Like, cause like the, the, this weekend, the pressure was so heavy. Like every time he came to, to bat, and I think it'll be kind of similar tonight, but I do think some of that pressure is off because we're past the first series of the homestand, you know, like what, I think people are kind of realizing now, okay, it could be a while till this happens. And so they're like, like maybe I'm wondering they're going to start to hold their breath a little bit less. I know I'm not, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be fun, man. And like, yeah, like objectively the, you know, well, they have a lot of injuries right now, but like the angels are are a pretty fun team too. So like, it'll, it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun week. It'll be a fun week set for sure. And it's it's Mize Manning Scooble. That's literally the, the series. So like Beautiful. you can't get any better than that. Yeah. Against Dylan Bundy, who's one of the last high school uh pitchers <laughs> drafted in the top five. Man, to... I the hype how quickly we forget the hype around Dylan Bundy uh coming out of the draft, man. He was supposed to be he was supposed to be the dog. 
I think his ERA is like six or something. Yeah, like it's, I think it's, it's higher than six currently. Yeah. 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 So uh, should be, should be a good game. Go check out locked on Tigers. Scott, what do you got cooking over there these days? Uh, I mean, currently it's just a lot of, a uh, lot of game reviews. Cause you know, baseball we play every day, but yeah, we, uh, we got some uh, like buck farmers gone second longest tenure tiger outside of only Miguel Cabrera to the curb. So we got, uh, yeah, this, we talk about the bullpen a lot over there. We talk about the bullpen quite a bit. And it's, it's weirdness of having four of the best bullpen arms in the American league. And then four of the worst pitchers in baseball making up your bullpen is like a really weird dynamic. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, if you have positive feedback, please leave us a review. If you have negative feedback, please tell us in our DMS. We'll see you back here on Monday. Same time or no Thursday, tomorrow, same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day. Every day. Your Locked On Red Wings. Your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.